If you want to bring in a new customer, you need to guide them through the customer acquisition funnel. But how do you know your funnel is set up for success? And what can you do if you discover it's not performing as well as you hope? This episode is all about the customer acquisition funnel, what it is, why it matters, and how you can optimize yours for maximum results. Are you a startup founder or CMO trying to grow your brand? There's good news, you're not the first. Our growth team is committed to learning and earning the skills and strategies high growth companies have used to build their businesses. And now we're sharing them with you. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. I am your host, Chris Dubois, CEO of Lean Labs. And today I am joined by Chris Story, who's a growth marketer, CRO specialist, and currently leading our growth-driven design team. Story, how are you? I'm great, man. I'm happy to be here. Hopefully I can uh, get the listeners something useful that they can take away. Yeah. Um, and actually, I want to open with an important fact that the only story isn't his real name. It's his last name, but I'm on, we already have a Chris on the team, right? And so I had kept the email and all of that. So um, it's okay. He's rolling with the punches. It's good. But right. all right, let's 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 just get right into definitions. Um, meat and potatoes here. So uh, what is customer acquisition funnel. So I think I actually heard you say this and I thought it was a really useful way to think about it. The customer acquisition funnel is the mechanism by which you get strangers to buy your product. I think I think you're the one that said that. Can you confirm? I don't know. Maybe you just had an if people like it we can it. we can attribute it. Like I'll take it if, <laughs> if it's good. Yeah. Well, I think it's really valuable to think about it that way because the internet has changed a lot of the ways that we interact with people. And I think it's important to remember that at the end of the day, that's what we're doing. We're interacting with people, right? So uh, in the digital age, in the real world, you never just go up to someone and be like, hey, I'm Chris. Nice to meet you. You want to buy my product? I mean, it's a very rare occasion that you would do something like that. But I think as the internet has allowed us to kind of do some of that stuff and forget that it's a process of taking a stranger, building trust, building a relationship, and then ultimately proving to them not just that you can solve their problem, but also that you can solve their problem better than anybody else can do it. Right. Yeah, I like the, uh, <clears throat> it's a good definition, especially if we can attribute that quote to me. Or, uh, we'll Hopefully we look can. It up and plug it into the yeah. show notes. Um, all right, let's just, you want to just go right in basic building blocks for customer acquisition, say for the funnel specifically, right? So we want to start building one out. What do we actually need to think about including in this? Yeah. So fundamentally the funnel really consists of three major parts, right? So it's, it's going to have some element of outreach. It's going to have some element of a sales process and it's going to have some element of a customer experience, right? Um, it's got to have those three things. If you're missing any of those three things, you need to fix it um, because you're not focusing on the whole funnel. The easiest kind of heuristic way for me to think about this is the pirate metrics. I know a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with those. Uh, awareness, active, acquisition, activation, revenue, retention, and reputation, otherwise known as R, which is where it gets the pirate metrics from. So. Really, it's, it's about getting your brand out there. Um, even if it's inbound, it's still outreach because you're putting your brand out there. 
trying to build that recognition, build that trust. And then <clears throat> the sales process, obviously, once you sort of converted them, gotten them into your funnel, it doesn't necessarily have to be a sales call face to face. Um, and then I think probably the most overlooked one in the funnel is, is probably that customer experience piece. So. Yeah. Yeah. Get the testimonials, get the reviews, use it to feed more, more of the marketing engine. Um, so yeah. All right. So you brought up right awareness acquisition. Um, well, let's talk different offers, right? Like what, in order to, to build out this, this funnel, right. Um, we need different offers for depending on where people are in the buying process and things like that. Um, we also have different ways they're going to engage with us at different, different phases. Do you want to just talk through like, um, using the growth metrics, what, what types of offers should we be including in order to capture someone's attention and give them what they need? Yeah. Um, I think you can get really creative with the way that you kind of think about this, but typically your awareness acquisition sort of top of funnel stuff is, is going to be information because information you have all of the information is cheap for you to produce. Um, and a lot of people are seeking information, right? So, so when they're going to make a purchase decision, they're not typically, especially if they're in the B2B space, not just going to be jumping in and making a decision. They're going to be doing research. They're going to be looking for reasons that they should do something, that they shouldn't do something, that they should do something a certain way. And the best way that you can get in front of them is obviously in that information gathering phase by providing them with actual high quality information. Um, so I think that everybody kind of already knows that at this point, you know, that's why you see all the, the eBooks, the lead magnets, the, the, the blogs and stuff. Um, I think that there's room for us to start getting more creative with how we're packaging that information. Um, but fundamentally that, that top of funnel piece is, is almost always going to be more information based. Um, and then we move to the product or service, which depending on what service you provide could also be pretty heavily information based. Um, you want to make sure you're not cannibalizing your product with your top of funnel stuff. Um, but I think most people fall into the other ditch of providing information that's actually not useful at all, um, rather than giving away too much. Um, but yeah, so, so your middle of the funnel or not middle of the funnel, but, but your, your revenue piece is going to be your, the product, the service, um, whatever it is that you're offering. And then really the retention and reputation piece of this is, is, is your customer experience, right? So that's whatever you are doing to go above and beyond for your customer. Uh, that's, that's, that's what the offer is for the customer experience or for the retention and reputation piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I would have one addition. I like thinking of the, like the awareness phase with providing information, including the actual insights there that allow you to like differentiate, you know, from the competition, um, just pull out the, the actual like nuggets that are valuable to the individuals. So we're not just overwhelming them with information, but we're giving them like that next thing to help them make uh, educated decisions on, on their buying process. Um, right. But yeah. Okay. So we got a handful of, of offers. What, uh, how do we know which offers are winning, which ones are losing and when to, yeah actually address them. Well, I, I mean, I think if you're not looking at your metrics, 
you need to look, you need to look at your metrics, right? So, um, obviously conversion rate is going to be the one for, for most of these. Look, if, if you can't get someone to download something for free, it's not the right offer. You don't have a good offer. I, I think, uh, it, you know, people are skeptical. There is that kind of element of like, why are they giving me free stuff? They're going to ask me for stuff later or they're going to bombard me with emails in my inbox. But to be honest, like the reason that people get frustrated with those types of offers and people bombarding their inbox and stuff is not because they're sending them a bunch of emails. I mean, if Mark Cuban was sending you a bunch of emails every day about how to become a billionaire. Like you'd open every single one of them, right? Um, it's about it's about the perceived value, right? So if you have an offer, first off, the way to the way to track it is almost always conversion rate, right? Um, but if you have an offer that's not being successful, I think your problem, generally speaking, is one of two things. It's either going to be you don't have a good offer. Or it's going to be, you're not presenting your offer well. And I think those are kind of the two ways. If your offer isn't working, those are the two things that you need to look at. I would say immediately. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I would agree with those. Um, say we want to optimize our offer now. Conversion rates are, are okay. We're looking for taking it up to the next level. What do you got for conversion rate optimization? Yeah, we just want to like optimize. Just, just making tweaks. Yeah, so I mean, I think the easy thing here to do is is just a, to A B test like everything. Um, so, for example, we were working with uh, a client on something and um, mapping out his site journey, figuring out where people are clicking, where people are converting. Just we had like. 20 sort of lead magnet type offers and they were all converting just unbelievably well right so they were 50 plus percent every single one of them um and so but but for some reason we kept making lead magnet offers right <clears throat> um and event, it wasn't until we kind of mapped out the whole process that we realized like we're doing really, really well on this this piece of the puzzle, but our uh, sort of revenue, the revenue piece of this, where we get people on the phone, we actually get them to to have a meeting with us, and so that we can basically sell them. We're not doing well at all, um, and so one of the things that we did is we we took a look and we said, okay, well, here are the things that we could offer them on this call, right? Just without even updating our, our, our sales, uh, the sales rep or, or having her do anything differently on any of the sales calls, we just said, okay, these are the things that we could do. And then we just smoke tested it, right? So we said this, we, we did like a two or three different versions of it and just figured out which one people were more drawn to, which, which one people submitted more um, and which offer they ultimately wanted, right? Because that's, Part of having a good offer is knowing what your target audience wants and giving it to them, right? Mm -hmm. 
it's not giving them what you can give them. It's giving them what they want. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is a good nugget. You have, you have any other specific examples? Yeah. I want to talk about, um, something that we did for, for one of our clients. We, so it was this, it was the same client that I was talking about earlier, right? Where we, where we were having a really, really high level of success on the top of the funnel and kind of struggling when it got down to the actual activation piece, the, the piece where we start saying, okay, would you like to work with us? Um, and we weren't having a lot of success getting people to book a meeting, right? And so one of the things that we did is we were initially pushing people from a top of funnel offer directly to a sales call, right? And so the first thing that we noticed is people don't want that, right? And that is apparent by the fact that people are not moving. They're not taking that step, right? They're, they're downloading these top of funnel offers like gangbusters, right? And 50% plus for all of these offers. But then they're not, they're not taking that next step. Um, and so we thought, you know, there has to be some kind of middle step, right? So we were like, what if we did a webinar, right? And one of the things that we did is before we even did the webinar, we put a coming soon thing, uh, a coming soon module all over the site just to see what would happen just to see if people are interested before the webinar even launched we had 200 people signed up for the webinar we launched the webinar it wasn't exactly what they wanted and so we took that we created a new version we took that and we created a new version and, and so really at the end of the day moving people through your Acquisition, customer acquisition funnel. It's just about trying stuff and figuring out if it's what they want. And if it's not what they want, coming back to your offer and saying, what can I change about this? Because it's not just about saying which headline is going to work better, what color button is going to work better. It also, you also have to take a look at a certain point, like the reason that they're not converting, even if it's top of funnel, the reason that they're not converting is because you're not putting forth a good offer. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's kind of the key to the sales funnel at every step, I think, is giving your ideal customer something that they actually need that is more valuable than whatever you're charging for it. And now we'll, if you do that, you will always have good conversion rates. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, let's just talk offers for a bit. So <clears throat> I, I love doing the offer planning. Like it, it is a lot of fun, right? To just get into like the customer's mindset and just be like, what would make me want to buy right now? A uh, couple of things that I've done is like, if we're, say I'm trying to just sell a phone call, right? I need to, I just, from marketing, I just need to get people on the phone with sales. Um, I just ask if I was going to charge a thousand bucks, or 10,000 bucks for this 30 minute phone call, right? What value would I have to give them for it to feel really good? And then I'm not gonna charge them. So now like, I just, we basically magnified the ROI, right? 30 minute investment gets you $10,000 worth of value. 
Um, and then you just got to be able to prove it out. And this is where like the reputation piece of the funnel comes in where we had one of our, our clients, payroll provider, um, 30 minute call. They know all of the local regulations, how to run payroll, all the different systems you need, everything. And we're one of their prospects, just the phone call, right? They pointed out a way that this, this company now saves $17,000 in their first year. And so like, we took that and that's a testimonial, like slap that on the, on the page where people are booking calls. Who's going to say no? What small business owner can be like, wait, 30 minutes and I could save $17,000, right? Like even Geico is not making that claim, right? <laughs> and so, uh, but it's a lot of fun because then with it too, we take all their pain points. Like what are they, what is that user thinking through? Like what's their primary pain point? What are the other um, symptoms? What are like subsequent pains that they're having? Because if we can break apart this offer to address every single pain as like a bonus or something else, it's like now they start getting real excited because they're like, oh, I, I have noticed that, you know, I have this issue and this issue. We're like, well, we're going to solve that and this and this. And you're also going to get this. And there's like plenty of different types of offers you can you can do um, and with that. But like just at a general level, right, like it's a lot of fun to just build up the acquisition funnel. It's powerful when you do that in copy. It's like 10 times more powerful when you do that in like a live selling environment. I think this is why Russell Brunson is so successful. And we're actually working on some stuff for some of our clients mm -hmm. as well. And that's the structure. I mean, you go through, you might teach them something, but at the end of the day, it's about lining up those objections and knocking each one of them down to get them to take whatever it is that next step, whatever that next mm -hmm. step is. I think this would even be valuable just for, so I, I get annoyed with all the click funnels, funnels that like some person just throws together and puts it up and you're like, yeah, I'll check it. You know, it's seven bucks. I'll check out what, what you're offering here. Cause it sounds appealing. And then you get hit with upsells <laughs> um, and you keep, and you're like, no, I don't want that. And then, no, I don't want that. No, it's because <laughs> none of these actually relate to the problem that I'm having. Yeah. Um, but I just want to check and see. Instead, you're going to hit me with like different things that make zero sense for what I'm actually going through. Uh, yeah, no congruency of the actual pain points for the buyer. So, yeah. Um, anyways, before we just want to rant about people making click funnels things without. Yeah, too. I feel I feel like we should clarify here. Russell Brunson is not the oh, same yeah. thing as the people that use click funnels. We're not yeah, talking. We're talking about two different people here. Um. Man, is there anything else we should add about uh, acquisition funnels before we <clears throat> call it? Mm, I guess I would say one other tool that I think is is really useful. If you absolutely, I, I love your idea that you talked about earlier. Like if I was going to do this sales call and I was going to charge $10,000, what would I, what value would I have to, to provide? Um, I think Alex Hermosi has, an activity that he does with all of his offers. And he says, if I was going to charge, he learned it from you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I figured. Okay. Um, he said, he said, if I was going to charge 10 times what I'm charging, what value would I have to provide? And then he says, if I was going to charge one tenth of what I'm, uh, what I'm charging, but I still had to make the offer better, what would I do? Um, and I said, I think that helps people there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that you can add to your offer yeah that's not gonna take a whole lot of time that's gonna make it seem way way better 
Um, and I think as marketers, we tend to get focused on the presentation of the offer, uh, which is valuable. And I'll talk about that in a second. But like, if you can, a better offer presented mediocrely is going to beat a bad offer presented pristinely. Like it's, if you can create a better offer, you don't have to even present it as well in order to get people to take it because people just, they just value it more. Um, but what I was going to say about in terms of presentation, it's like, if you absolutely cannot improve your offer, um, for some reason, um, one of the things that I've noticed about a lot of our clients is they tend to present things that they know in chunks. I'm trying to think of how, how to word this. They kind of just throw away information that they have, like everybody knows it. Um, and so they don't value it, right? Um, and one of the things that, that we try to teach our clients is when they're putting together an offer, and it doesn't matter if this is a blog post, uh, like super top of funnel, just inbound. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's a, a lead magnet. It doesn't matter if it's to get them on a sales call or during that sales call to try and get a sale or even as a part of your customer experience. Like you are the expert in the thing that you do. And you don't realize often how valuable the information that you have actually is. Um, so I think about like, um, I'm trying to think of a, a good way to, to present this. They call it unboxing, right? Um, so any offer that you have is probably a bundle of a bunch of different pieces of information, services, value adds, right? And so you say it's a bundle, you get, you know, you pay $1,000 and you, you get the bundle, right? But if you can take that bundle and you can say for $1,000, you're going to get this and 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 this and this and this and this. And even this even works at the top of the funnel as well. Like here's you download this ebook because we're going to give you this and 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 we're going to give you this. And when you pull those things apart, it, it just is more valuable and you don't realize how much more valuable it is because you see it every single day. Um, right. So that's something that if we're talking about making offers better or presenting offers better to move people through your acquisition funnel, I think that's a really valuable skill to have as well. Yeah. I like, so with eBooks, I saw a couple good ones, um, eBooks and videos where you, list out actual excerpts from the book and say like in chapter six, we'll teach you, you know, blank chapter eight, you'll get this. And so now one, you get the, it makes it more tangible as well, right? It makes it feel more like a book that you're actually going right. to get. Uh, but you also get like each insight just listed down the page to know you're getting, getting to resolve those challenges you're facing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you for, uh, for joining me here talking offers, customer acquisition funnel. Uh, I think there, there's some actionable tips from the episode. I hope everyone enjoys them. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. 
Don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you never miss an episode. Until next time, this has been Growth Team Radio. Want to grow your business? Trying to find the right path to do it? Well, we've got the answer. Go to stopscaling.com. Yes, you heard right. Go to stopscaling.com where we'll show you the exact way to grow your business this year.